Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, Reiki Master Energy Practitioner and Medium, and author of the third book, Completing the Trilogy, A New Life Awaits, Spirit-Guided Messages to Support Global Awakening, which shares a way to imagine new thought processes, past economics, politics, social or religious issues, and this coronavirus pandemic to create healthy, happy lives, working to understand life and beyond through science, metaphysics, and the laws of energy. I am delighted to welcome Diane Hartinge-Price, who with Susan McCollum, co-authored Write Your Stress Away, an outstanding book offering readers mindful exercises that not only reduce stress, heal illness, but create a lifestyle that is ultimately meaningful. And in this time, we all need to be journaling and writing and expressing the story within our heart, which each of us has. Hello, Diane and Susan, and thank you for joining us on Healing from Within to share your own stories of courage and mindfulness in the face of dealing with your own health challenges. Diane and Susan, I always love to ask my guests to think back to their childhood and remember a person, place, or event that might have signaled to them or those around them the lifestyle and interests they might pursue in adulthood. For I feel we are all born with a soul plan that seeks to know its destiny and to achieve its goals in this life. So think back to when you were younger. What might come to your mind? Um, Cheryl, this is Susan. And that's the first thing that pops into my mind was um, my father, who was always very encouraging in terms of writing. Um, He encouraged me to um, get on the high school newspaper and yearbook, and I just really loved writing, and I think it just grew from there. Majored in English and journalism, and then found my way to therapeutic writing when I got a master's degree in uh, counseling. So I, I think of writing as being a really strong thread throughout my life, and I continue to enjoy it um, and continue to write today. Well, that was your destiny, and I guess your dad was there to start you on the path. And you know, the I think th- so. Yeah, the three books that I've written, I have heard from other mediums that my father is there guiding me and giving me thoughts that are in the book. And in this book, A New Life Awaits, uh, I mention when he comes in and how mm. how extraordinarily uh Funny and amusing it is to know that he's helping me with all my projects. So hmm. I, I liked hearing about your father. And Diane? Hi, Cheryl. Thanks for having us today. For me, um, my dad's mother, my grandmother, was a real inspiration in my life from the time I was a little girl. She was a remarkable woman uh, for her time. Um, uh, interestingly enough, today responding and talking about her, her first husband died in the Spanish flu epidemic in the early 1900s. 
And she was a very, very resourceful woman and taught me um, really to be resourceful. She was also one who was inspired and responded regularly to the needs of others and cared about others and did so in a way that she was really um, taking care of herself, mind, body, and spirit, and mm-hmm. at the same time reaching out to others in the same way. So she was, um, she, was she, she was a healer, and she encouraged that healing spirit in you, which comes out in the writing in this book and uh, will help many people exactly. to find ways exactly. not only to reduce their stress but to appreciate who they are as spiritual beings having a physical life and the story that's within them needs to come out because it's sort of more important than the outside pressures from the outside world what's in us is an accumulation of eons and eons of wisdom and uh, we want to share it and that's why I believe we're having a physical life so let's go on to tell us how you both met and decided to write write your stress away, and uh, how that writing helped you early on address some serious issues you had. Well, we, we uh, Diane and I go back a really long way. Uh, we met when our children were quite small. Uh, we lived in the same neighborhood, and we spent um, many hours pushing baby strollers up and down the hills of our community and talking um, while those little ones were being pushed along with us. So um, we also have shared over many years the love of writing, and it started just to evolve when we both um, were diagnosed with a serious illness, um, Diane with cancer and me with uh, diabetes. And we did a lot of writing independently of one another. And then when we shared what we were doing, um, we discovered that we were both using a very similar process. Mm-hmm. Um, so Interesting. that's kind of how it got going. Yeah. So I'll just add to that, Cheryl, that um, while we were pushing those baby strollers up and down the hill, Many of our conversations was about health and healing and spirituality, and um, we both shared a passion and keen interest in um, what it takes to be healthy and help others be healthy. So um, I think there was a healer within us that we had a real commonality. So mm-hmm. it was the combination of, of writing and, and that passion for health and helping others I'm going to ask you a question do you think it was random that you met when you were young women and went through a similar health challenge 20 years later do you think it was a coincidence I think the universe provides and that we were there for each other when you know was it a coincidence that the same month of the same year that we were both diagnosed with a life-threatening disease, I think it's, uh, yes, it's a coincidence, if you want to call it that way. Well, It depends on how you define coincidence. Well, here's what I would say. My first book was as I was awakening to uh, many realities beyond my beliefs and opinions. Um, I wrote a book, Life is No Coincidence, The Life and Afterlife Connection. And so I don't think it was a coincidence. I think you were destined 
to work together and be good friends and share this wisdom uh, through your book and through your lifestyle and how you've handled your own health issues. Because uh, you also say writing helped you uncover the emotions that were driving many feelings like a victim and helped you to move on to uh, self-advocating partnering with care providers. And uh, tell us about that. Yes, it's very true. Um, as I was going through the cancer diagnosis, um, and anybody who's been through a diagnosis with, you know, care provider, health care providers and the variety of people that you see, it's, it's a daunting process. And I knew from within my intuition and, and being in touch with my spirit, if you will, I knew I uh, really need to advocate for myself for the course of action that was needed to get to the bottom of the diagnosis then. And um, the writing really helped me to gain the clarity I needed and clear my mind and really be able to focus and respond proactively. And I truly believe that I would not be physically here today if it weren't for the fact that the writing really helped me to know what I needed to advocate for myself, not wait another six months to see what some tests might say then, but to say I demanded a biopsy at that point in time. So um, the writing really helped me. I would also suggest that writing, like prayer or meditation, is finding a zone or connection to spirit and truly expressing perhaps your needs uh, perhaps your love and getting help in return so I'd like to just suggest that because as a medium it feels like that's what spirit might want to be said at that moment now Susan you had an mm-hmm. aff- you had an affirmation that you live with daily you, you say I am a healthy vibrant woman living successfully with diabetes now I have I often have coincidences or synchronicity with my amazing guests. And like Sue, I wake up every day and say, I am in a fit and healthy body and so happy to go out into the world and have new experiences with wonderful people. Now, my son was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes uh, at 22 mm-hmm. years old. And in my... And in my new book, A New Life Awaits, Spirit-Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening, Greg shares in written form his journey and challenges and the last 20 years of his life living with diabetes and indeed gives a voice of hope and vision to those who will read it. It helped him to write it, and others, I'm sure it will help to read it, a New Life Awaits shares stories of also how to deal with many social, political, economic, religious, and health issues of these modern times and to know life in its eternal dance of energy and love. And also, Susan, I have mm-hmm. seven grandchildren. <laughs> oh, you have something else in common. Yes, <laughs> who, who I so enjoy spending time with. So let's go on to optimal health and ways to work towards that end. What is optimal health? Well, optimal health is how you define it. Um, I think that everyone um, 
can be optimally healthy. But it is a matter of a paradigm shift, I think. Um, we have a continuum that we talk about. On one side of the continuum is uh, illness, mm-hmm. and on the other side of the continuum is wellness. And we feel that everybody can move from the illness side to the wellness side um, by adjusting their um, sort of their mind, body, and spirit, yeah. um, accepting um, what they have. You know, they may not get cured, but they still can be well. So absolutely, that—that's what yeah. true healing is—a mind, a body, and spirit connection. If our thoughts create. Uh, more essence and energy to our spirit, which is here to gather experiences, both good and bad, and to to go rise above them. And uh, it's healing is not just about curing the physical elements or symptoms of our body. Spiritual right. well-being and healing is about knowing who we are, quite simply, and being grateful for life. And whatever happens, we can do the best we can with it. So thank you for that. That that was mm-hmm. right on. We, we like to think of wellness as being a choice. Yes. We can all be well. Yes. We can all be well and we can all find peace in our heart and love no matter what the circumstances. If we trust, perhaps, in a bigger plan and don't have to control situations because there's very little, almost nothing, maybe nothing that we can control. But the choices we make and the spirit and love we share means everything. Now let's go on to how do you think emotions play a role in your health decisions? What might be values and priorities that help in making good decisions? Emotions play a part um, in terms of how it predisposes us to the choices we make. Uh, emotions are very powerful things, you know, whether it's joy or whether it's anger or frustration mm-hmm. or anxiety. Those in- emotions um, can color our world. And um, so, you know, part of the choice that we make about our health is being in touch with our emotions and in our writing method that's right to be well. A big part of the first step in our method is to really write expressively and to identify activities, events, circumstances, and identify and name the emotions associated with that so that we can kind of get in touch with our true essence. Um, and understand, you earlier said, spirits here to, you know, gather experience, and I think emotion surrounds that experience, and the more clarity we can have around how that emotion is influencing us and our choice is important, and underlying that is really being in touch with our values. Those, um, I like to think of them as silver threads in a tapestry that are constant for us in terms of what really matters. You talk about grandchildren, and I, I glean that, you know, your family and your grandchildren are a very important value. So when you sort out the emotion and you sort out the and have clarity around your values, 
it helps us to be able to make decisions about our, our decisions in life um, because those values guide us and we can kind of understand clearly as we experience things from day to day. And I think you're absolutely right. We're here to feel and we have to know all the emotions. Doesn't mean we need to stay grounded in an emotion that brings us pain or suffering, but we need to feel it so we can work through it. And writing helps you to do that. Meditation, prayer, nature, love, all these things, music, help us to do that. Understand the emotions, feel them, and then choose what brings us the most peace and well-being. So thank you for saying that. Now, we can all agree that stress can do havoc to our health and our choices. Let's find out about the types of stress and how stress impacts mind, body, and spirit, either for better or worse. We know it can do both. So tell us something about the two processes. The first one is about um, stress hormones, and the second one uh, is about... uh, sustained stress reaction. They both cause reactions in our body. They, they certainly do. Um, you know, stress gets a, a bad rap, um, and especially at times like this when we're facing um, crisis on a, you know, on a national and mm-hmm. international level. Um, but so when we have too much stress in our body that we can't um, get rid of, then it uh, builds up and does undermine our health. The good kind of stress is the stress that kind of gets us keyed up so that we can um, react um, more quickly. Um, we can maybe be in our minds are sharper. Um, so stress goes both ways. Um, and the, the challenge is to not let the bad stress tip over um, so that it becomes so negative that it has this underlying effect on your on your health. It can create um, you know, chronic illness, um, acute illness. Um, it can undermine relationships. Um, it can cause chronic um, worry, fear, and loneliness. Um, mm-hmm. So it can be very negative and can have a tremendous impact on our well-being. Well, I'm hoping that the school system will start to use your book and bring in a way for these even young children to express themselves because they have fears. They have trauma. They have things happening right now in the world that they see on television that is causing stress for them. And we need to give them every tool so they can understand these emotions and they can conquer them before they create those health um, stresses. Uh, As a teacher, when I went back to teaching years ago, I said to the principal of my school, who was very interested in getting grants to do studies, I said, you want to do something good for all the students and teachers? Bring in yoga and let them start to feel their body and their energy and learn to relax and to connect to the highest part of themselves, and it will be 
very it would be a wonderful thing now he didn't do it but it is being mm-hmm. done in schools across the nation and it is a national uh craze for people now to want to understand energy and healing and um, many ways to connect to the deepest part of themselves so i was a little ahead of my time but it's happening sure. it's happening yeah. anyhow and when I went Absolutely. to do, and when I went to do hospice for eight years, I said to them, "You want to do something good? Let's have a person like me, an energy practitioner, in the hospitals in surgery, who can lower the level of anxiety simply by sharing energy of a universal nature." And I, I wanted it to be brought into hospice, and now it is. So. Well, I didn't. Well, I didn't do it exactly myself. I put out the intention there, and it's taken years, but it's happening. So let's get on to um, what emotions do most people feel when trying to change their behaviors, their health behaviors, or any kind of attitude, really? What are some of the more helpful emotions, and what feelings may have stood in your way in the past? So, Cheryl, it's a really interesting question you pose, and um, I love the word that you used, and that is change. And there's a universal, my graduate work is in the area of change and change management and human (laughs) behavior. And what's um, really interesting is the universal uh, belief that the change that people are in the um, situation that someone is experiencing has to have greater pain to them than what they perceive the pain of changing to be before they'll really change. So that ties into emotion. When you're really miserable in the situation you're in, take, for example, someone in a work situation where they're just not happy. They're not pursuing their passion or the circumstance surrounding them just brings pain and negative emotions. That situation they'll tolerate because they perceive making the move to a new role somewhere else is more difficult. So being in touch with that emotion and understanding the power of emotion can um, really um, help people to make change and improve their health. And again, our our writing method is about getting in touch with the emotions of the situation you're in and where you want to go in the future and what matters to you so that through writing you can help yourself move to that new place. And maybe through writing you can gather the courage to make the change that your soul needs to make. Right? Maybe maybe we can lift up and boost courage. Yeah. Absolutely. And also to, you know, to be realistic about what you're facing. Uh, It's sometimes daunting to think about making the change. And, you know, sometimes in our workshops, people will say, I'm afraid I'll fail. Yeah. Change, yeah, change comes very hard. Change comes hard. For all of us, even those of us who has, have spent so much time building up uh, the tools that we need uh, to see each 
situation in clear perspective or new perspective when necessary. Change still hits us. And sometimes for some people it takes uh, what they call a night of the soul, some traumatic experience to happen that's very difficult. And then they, they, they make that change and life in every way improves for them and the people around them. Now, uh, in a study by Pennebaker, it was discovered writing about traumatic events heals not just the emotions that may cause the disease, but also the body. And you gave some, uh, what can writing do? You gave some five things. It can boost immune function. Tell us a few of the other things that it really can do sure. in serious situations. And I know it to sure. work because with my Reiki healing, I'm doing exactly uh, this. I'm sending in the energy for these things to happen. Well, um, it is truly amazing what the uh, researchers have discovered about writing. And with Pennebaker, the key to the writing is that the situation is tied into the emotion so that you, if you just write about a situation that's bothering you, that's probably not enough. It's important for you to get to link that situation to how you're really, really feeling. And when they did this research, they discovered, as you said, that it improves your immune function. And they literally found that the T lymphocytes increased in your blood and those are the immune fighting um, lymphocytes that you know help you stay well they also discovered that it reduces the pain in cancer patients yes um, those who wrote and um, reduced doctor visits and mm-hmm. supported behavior change and it so promotes wound healing, which is a serious wound healing, which is a serious problem right. for people in the 64 to 79 age category. And also it decreases severity of asthma and rheumatoid arthritis, which we have a lot of in the nation. And it also helps um, heart attack patients. So it's a very important tool and one that's probably not being used enough, Right. That's true. It's not it's not being used enough. I think that when we think about stress, we usually turn to um, exercise and um, maybe improving your diet. Uh, all of those things are very good. But and yoga, of course, that's good too. But writing has not been given the credit, I think, um, and the awareness that uh, it can also be another tool in your toolbox. I think it's a very big tool. I've been journaling for the last 25 years since I became aware of that consciousness survives physical death. And I was told to write three books, which I just recently Mm. completed. And I, as a teenager, I always thought I'd like to write a book or a poem. But then life took its course, and I did many other things, maybe in preparation for the time when I'd have the story that was most important which seems to be right now at this time when the whole world is changing and we're all becoming aware of our interconnectivity to each other and to spirit life and so uh, yeah so you see it was a little wish of mine it probably wasn't as big a wish as yours but it was a little thought of mine and in time it came to happen so I want to thank you 
Diane Hartinge Price and Susan Ives McCollum, authors of Righteous Dress Away, for sharing your lifetime love of writing and finding ways to help others discover that journaling daily occurrences or feeling will certainly help to reduce stress, clearly see all the elements of what's happening so you can make better choices and achieve a healthier, happier life journey. To learn how to incorporate writing, listening, and loving into your daily activities and to purchase Righteous Dress Away, go to Amazon.com. In summarizing today's episode with Diane and Susan, we have discovered a very valuable tool for finding ways past pain, trauma, and stress, and spiritual distress, and access whether an unconscious undercurrent in your life or range of emotions is at play and might lead to physical or mental illness. We have seen that research has found and evaluated tools to help us lessen the pain of serious illness like asthma, rheumatoid arthritis, cancer, and to heal the body. Diane writes, Research demonstrates that writing helps us organize and integrate the troubling stories that haunt us and identify the emotions that fuel stress and undermine health. Reflecting on and writing about emotional events releases pent-up stress and gives people a new perspective on the event. The problems that seemed insurmountable before may be more manageable after seeing them on paper. With the act of writing, there is no longer a need to ruminate over the problem. When your your understanding increases, your stress level goes down. Diane and Susan, in my new book, A New Life Awaits, Spirit-Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening, which is the result of writing about present-day events and stories gathered, gathered and recorded over 25 years of journaling the coincidences, mystical happenings, and my awareness that we are spiritual beings having a physical life and much more than we appear to be. A medium told me many, many years ago, to awaken to a new perspective of life, journal everything that was happening. As when I look back at what was written, I would see the tremendous progress made and also would conquer many childhood fears, as indeed I have. So Diane, Susan, and I hope you try writing, journaling, visualization, prayer, song, being in nature, and getting closer in every way to your authentic, loving inner being. It takes a small effort and practice to produce tremendous results. Let's all begin to write our thoughts, evaluate what is positive, and makes our dreams a reality. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within, energy practitioner, medium, and author of A New Life Awaits, and invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to hear leaders in the field of metaphysics, science, psychology, energy medicine, spirituality, and the arts and music seek ways to improve the human and divine condition and our world communities. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.